Living to Win, heard daily on Bible School Radio, 91.3 KDKR, Decatur, Dallas-Fort Worth, and on 91.3 KYJC Commerce. Portions of KDKR programming do not necessarily reflect the views of this station, its management, or staff. Prudent Money with Bob Brooks is sponsored by the Prudent Money Foundation on 91.3. Well, could you be affected by a bank bail-in? Today we're going to take a look. Stay tuned for Prudent Money. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prudent Money Radio Show. I'm your host, Bob Brooks. Thank you so much for joining me today. You know I do appreciate it. If you got a question for me, I hope to have an answer for you. Well, let's give it a shot and see if I do. Go to prudentmoney.com and at the website you will find a Q&A at the very top of the page. Just uh, click through and put your question in, send it in, we'll get you taken care of. Very committed to doing this. It is our way of being a resource for you. And we've added a second layer of resources. And that is, if you can't get it done in an email, and some of these, sometimes these, I'll even call sometimes when I get emails and say, hey, let me, uh, let me have a, a phone conversation with you, see if I can get a little bit better of a grip of what you're talking about. And we can answer and get, get you some, some information quicker than going from email to email to email. This way, you can go online, and I have blocked out several times during the week, as many as I can do. Sometimes that's limited, sometimes that's more, sometimes that's less. And you can sign up for a 30-minute time period. Listen, there's no cost to this, no obligation, no anything. It's all about providing you with resources in this not-so-easy-to-understand world. And that's what we're going to focus on today. Yesterday, I talked about the gloom and doom industry and how you've got, the bottom line is, is that you have marketers that are marketing fear and marketing it pretty hard to get to fear you, scare you into buying their product. And I just have a problem with that. And so what I want to do is make sure and bring to you the other side of the story. Because if you're listening to Prudent Money, I want you to be well equipped with, well, what if it's not this way? And you still may take both sides of the argument, but you gotta, you got to have information, both sides of the argument, and be able to, to determine where you fall and what you believe. And so from there, you can filter what you hear. Now, there's a couple of issues that can arrive with me doing this. If you catch a program from beginning to end, hopefully you're getting the gist of what I'm saying and can maybe formulate some questions, whatever helps you to understand it better. And then there's days like yesterday where we have, between the station and I, we have a system set up to where I can tell exactly how much time that I've got left and uh, no fault to the station. It was my system over here. 
uh, I was kind of running on just guessing where we were as far as the time limit goes. I really depend upon those markers and seeing those markers pop up on my screen so that I can guide the discussion to where I needed to go. And I didn't feel like, and by the, the looks of some emails that I received, I didn't feel like that I went through and, and explained things and, and the whole purpose of, uh, of what I was trying to convey. What it comes down to is interpretation of what you're hearing and the ability to step back, process, and go, okay, this is what this means. This is what the probability of this happening. And, and there's just so much gloom and doom marketing right now. I mean, it, it's, it's a futile, I mean, futile it is fertile ground for, uh, for, for gloom and doom marketing. And I want, I want us to fight back, and you fight back through information and knowledge. So the first thing that I want you to consider is the credibility of the source versus marketing. Now, I, I have may I, I would give major props to anybody who would make a case for what they feel like is happening. Don't over sensationalize it. But, you know, sometimes it happens with marketing. It's not a good or a bad thing. It's just marketing. It's just like politics. Politics is its own animal. It's not good or bad. Well, I guess it's a little tough to say it's not good or bad when we look at it. And pretty much it's all bad. But, <laughs> but anyway, that's old. That's other rabbit trail I won't go down. But credibility versus marketing. You take a very credible resource and they are... They are talking about their beliefs. They're talking about what they that they totally believe that they have the informational uh, resources that you need to help you fight along, and you and, and so you start to look at what's the credibility of the information that that they are providing. And this all came about yesterday of an email that I received from a listener about banks taking our money. Just uh, going, matter of fact, just going in and taking money out of the system. And uh, sure enough, I had a, in my email box, and, and I have this, uh, I get tons of these gloom and doom marketing uh, pieces. And I had one in there that was that was titled "Is Your Bank Safe?" Now, nowhere on this article is the author of the article, where it came from. If you print it, you would see that it comes from a, a gold shop. So they're they're obviously selling gold. And this is the this is the marketing model, which we talked a little bit about yesterday. And I and I listen. I would encourage you if you missed yesterday's program. To go listen to the podcast, to me, I, I'm not saying by any stretch I've got all the answers. I do think that there's a lot of credibility in this topic and a lot of usefulness in you understand, understanding what you're reading and you learn to interpret what you're reading. And uh, that, that tends to cut the fear away. That tends to cut the emotion away. It puts it in its proper place. And you make better decisions with what God has given you. What this article, Is Your Bank Safe? They started out with 
a sentence that made me question the credibility of the, art, of the article. And it, it starts out with, a legal fact is that the money you have deposited into your bank is a loan you have made to your bank for which you are an interest. That sounds very sensationalized because that's not what we're that's never what we're told. Is it true though? Well, technically, if you put your money in a bank, the bank takes its assets and loans them out, and they have to keep a, ex, a, a certain percentage in reserve in the bank. But they they have the ability to loan out money from money that you deposit into your account. Now, unless you're in a CD, you always should have access to that money, unless there's a huge problem. But it says, but it calls it a legal fact, is that this money you have deposited in, into your bank is a loan. I, I have talked to bankers, very credible resources that, that I know, nowhere can they substantiate the claim that, the, that a legal fact is that the money you deposit into your bank is a loan. Now, that's taking the information that really goes on in banks and the system of loaning money and stretching it to a point to where it's still a little believable, but that that is, I, I, I don't believe that to be accurate. Unless someone can show me otherwise, and I'm and listen. I'll be the first person to come back on the program and say I was wrong. I learned a long time ago. You can't have a whole lot of ego wrapped up into into radio and what you say because chan- chances are I'm not always going to be right, and uh, that's just the way it is. Or I may interpret something the uh, a, a the absolute wrong way. I don't feel like I am on this. This to me speaks to credibility. A legal fact is that the mark, the money you have deposited into your bank is a loan. I, there's nothing that says that's a loan. You can, and with a loan, you can't come and get your money at will with, without a potential loss tied into it. And so I, I think it's a stretch to call that a loan because, and, and the reason I'm spending so much time on this and talking about this, the fact that they call it a loan is that this really has implications on their whole point of of uh, of why they're calling it a loan. So they're they're, they're to, to read on, and let me say this too: what it is for the bank is a liability. If I deposit money into a bank, that becomes a liability to that bank, and they turn around. And they have to give that, they have to provide liquidity in my ability to go get my money out of that bank anytime that I want to. And I don't call that a loan. Okay, so I think I've beaten the, uh, uh, beaten the point uh, to where I can't take it any, any further. It says the bank takes your money and loans it to others, which it does. It makes money based upon the differential in interest rates as well as fees. Yes, it does. If the bank is on shaky financial ground and your money is sitting in bad loans, this ultimately becomes the problem of the creditor, which they're calling you the individual. 
even though you're not on this loan as a credit, you're not on a loan as a creditor. It's it's a it's a shaky point, a very shaky point, but it does lend to their overall sensationalism and what they're trying to do, which is create fear and bring you to the point to where you have coming at the end of this article what the steps are that they want you to take, which I'm going to take. I've got plenty of time. I'm going to go through this in detail while I think this is not necessarily credible. But right now, we are going to be up by going up against a break. So stick around. Way more to come on the other side. The Word for Today is excited to announce the new official online home for the ministry of Pastor Chuck Smith and K. Smith. PastorChuck.org At PastorChuck.org, you'll have instant access to thousands of hours of verse-by-verse teaching by Pastor Chuck Smith from Genesis through Revelation and full access to special messages on subjects such as prophecy and much, much more. Also at PastorChuck.org, a full library of great teachings by K. Smith and a section where you can read some of Pastor Chuck's books online, all free of charge. So visit the new official online home of The Word for Today and the ministry of Pastor Chuck and Kay Smith. PastorChuck.org Dynamic, practical, life-changing. There's no point in going to church and not letting the Christ who gave birth to the church on the day of Pentecost change your life. Join us each day as Pastor Paul Shepard applies the timeless truth of Scripture to everyday life. It's Destined for Victory on this great station. Weekday afternoons at 3.30 here on Bible School Radio, KDKR. Dr. Charles Stanley. And because the man is a pastor of a small church doesn't mean he's any less talented or less godly than the man who's pastor of a big church. We need to get all off of those human judgments of men, godly men out there who are doing exactly what God called them to do. The teaching of Dr. Charles Stanley on In Touch. Helping you grow in Christ every day. In Touch, weekdays at 1230, here on KDKR. This is Bob Brooks, and you are listening to the Prudent Money Radio Show. Thank you so much for joining me today. You know I do appreciate it. We're talking about, is the money that you deposit into a bank a loan that you make to the bank? And then, and that they take your money and they, they, they loan it out. Yes, they do take money and loan it out. There's no question about that. But it's not, they say in this article that's a legal fact is that the money you deposited into your bank is a loan. And I cannot find that anywhere that that's true. It acts as a loan, but it is not a loan, in my opinion. But that's just, uh, that's, that's, I, I'm, Always welcome to be proven wrong. So they're saying that if the bank, I'm going to read this again, if the bank is on shaky financial ground and your money is sitting in bad loans. So the money, you, the money that you put in the, as a deposit into your bank account is loaned out and it's, it's sitting in bad loans that the bank has made. It comes back on you. And it says, shockingly, the percentage of the public that truly understands this legal reality is still relatively insignificant. So what is a bail-in? Now, we know what a bailout is. The, the, the roughly, I think, three banks that uh, went under last year were bailed out 
by the federal government to the tune of 100%. I hope you're not forgetting about that. That that was uh, unbelievable to watch, but uh, there that's how that is how fragile they think the banking system is. They didn't want to cause any uprising or anything like that, so they just re they covered everybody. Three different banks. So they're saying a bail-in is another form where banks and financial institutions are rescued where the responsibility is transferred from taxpayers, in the case of a bailout, or government, to depositors, which is you in this case. Uh, Okay. A bail-in. So the responsibility, either way, is the bank. The bank is going to stay in business or it's going to go out of business. It's going to have made good loans or it's going to make bad loans. I, I think it's a stretch to say the responsibility is transferred from taxpayer because there's no responsibility if you have $250,000 or less in a bank. I would even argue there's no responsibility if you've got any money in a bank based on, and this is just an opinion, hear me out, what the government has done the last three bailouts. And besides... The ability for bank uh, bank deposits to bail in and save a bank, and I could be wrong on this, is, is, is a shaky point, very shaky point. It says, in other words, a bail-in will not add to the government's deficit and it will allow banks and financial institutions at risk of failing to take some of your deposits to bail themselves out. Okay, so we're talking about can the bank take can a bank take your money from your bank account? That's the whole idea here. That's the gloom and doom marketing piece. It's coming, hang on. So Here's the question. Will a bail-in likely happen? With our economy heading towards a possible recession, and I would suggest that a possible recession, and that's just a very casual, casually put out there, possible recession, I would say with our economy potentially heading, and I don't believe that it is, I think I would have reworded this and said, with our economy potentially heading towards a depression, that's where you're really going to see, I mean, a severe recession, not a possible, could happen, could not, a more than likely severe recession bordering on a borderline great depression, banks could go out of business. So you need to protect yourself. They say in this this, uh, point they're trying to make, with our economy heading towards a possible recession, inflation at an all-time high, where, I, I, I don't think so. Inflation, you'd have to be, you'd have to be, have worse inflation than the 70s. Correct me if I'm wrong, but, uh, I mean, some of this is factual, some of this is, is, is opinion, you know, as we always say. Time proves facts. Opinions are not facts until they're proven to be, until time proves them to be the right opinion or the wrong opinion. Inflation at an all-time high. Eh, 
I don't think that's have. I don't think that's the case by any stretch. And the housing market in a bubble, that in itself, well, yeah, we can, okay, I'll give them that. Uncertainties are looming over the head of Americans. So here's the big, the big point. Will banks be able to unwillingly hold your money if another 2008 scenario crash to take place? Maybe said another way, will banks be able to survive another 2008 scenario crash if uh, that were if the another financial uh, financial crisis were to take place? Would they be able to survive? Then the article goes because it's getting ready to go what right where you, they want you to go because they're they've probably stirred up a bit of fear at this point. Will banks be able to unwillingly hold your money if another 2008 scenario crash to take place? Remember, you've got no liability if you're $250,000 or less in a bank, according to the federal government. So, one of the things, the points that I made, is that any of this can happen. That's, that's the irony of it. All of it's believable. Used to, you'd get some far-fetched emails talking about the, the, the government going to take away something from you as a, an American. Gonna take away your retirement. Gonna take, and you go, oh, that's not gonna happen. Today, you could, you, you could read it, you could, you could read something that said that and you can go, oh, it's bad. it could, could be. But I don't know that that's gonna, could be the case. But it sounds plausible. Because of the crazy things that Washington is doing, you could act—you could actually, uh, maybe, maybe not. And I didn't even—I'm not even going to be able to get to that. I was going to talk about that for a good 10, 15 minutes, and that ain't going to happen today. We'll shift it till Monday next week. The question would be: Can they touch your retirement accounts? We're talking about bank accounts today. Maybe I get a little bit overambitious in what I want to talk about. I have been accused of that before, and so trying to shove too much into a program and not honor the 30 minutes of completing a thought. And that, I appreciate your grace because I need it sometimes because I don't get all the way through a thought. There's just so much to talk about. And I was so I so anyway, we're one of the things the points that I made yesterday, the all these are believable. These any of these things could happen. And the way that I look at it is you gotta put a probability on it. Yes, a bank could could bail in and take some of your money. It's happened before there's precedence, not in the United States, in other countries. And they draw that as a as a very likelihood it could happen here because it has happened in other countries. I would suggest that the that Greece is in a much different situation than our country as far as having the need to go bail in and take some of the reserves from depositors. And bail out and bail in a bank. And I'm not so sure that a bail in, I mean, the, the after effects of something like that would be horrific in the United States. I mean, it would take the entire 
if 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 you had money in a bank and they took the money, they said we're saving our bank, so we're going to take some of your deposits that you loaned to the creditors, which you didn't loan to the creditors, the bank loaned to the creditors. I mean, to the borrowers, excuse me. And it's your problem. What do you think the confidence in the financial system would be, and how quickly do you think it would tumble down? Pretty quick. We're running a different ball game. Granted, we have $32, $33 trillion worth of debt, and, ain't, and the dollar doesn't look so good. But we're the, the prettiest, ugliest thing on the market with our currency and our, our system. The world depends upon us, believe it or not. So I, I think we have to be in a certain environment which we're not in that would, that would possibly make that happen. So that was the point that I made yesterday. In my closing remarks, though, request this free guide and learn. Here it is. Here's, here's how you can save yourself. How to secure your assets from banks and institutions. How to protect your buying power from the weakening dollar. How to hedge against inflation and market volatility. Why gold is the ultimate form of insurance. Now, all of those points that are made are made to say gold can fortify your financial situation and save the day. Now, all of those 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 claims are opinions, valid opinions, and up for debate. Every single one of them. And only time will prove that gold was a great hedge against inflation, that it increased, that it protected your buying power from the weakening dollar, They've been making these arguments for years and not quite substantiate these articles, these opinions. So I'm where I find myself most days at the end of the program. I hope that gives a little bit more clarity. Please send your comments, send in your, uh, whether they're good or bad, nice or not. <laughs> it's really okay. Send them in, and I will uh, answer them the best that I can. I always appreciate you listening to the program. I hope that you know you're a blessing to me, and uh, you allow me to do what I love to do, which is talk and educate from my, uh, from the, from what I see. If you have a question for me, please go to the website at prudentmoney.com and send it in because we are all out of time. Till we do meet again next time, keep the faith and have a great rest of the day. That's all the time we have for today. Questions or comments for Bob or to find out more great information like what you've just heard, visit www.prudentmoney.com. Be sure to join Bob Brooks again for the next edition of Prudent Money. Prudent.